Welcome to the Inside Envy podcast. My name is AJ Turner, and for this episode, I'm stepping out from behind the soundboard to help host with Neil Shirley. Thanks, AJ. For this episode, we, we have a pretty cool opportunity to sit down with Evil Bikes' Jason Mosler. Um, Evil was the bike partner for our annual gravel camp, which was held out in Scottsdale, Arizona, um, just a couple weeks ago. And uh, Evil launched the new Shammy Hagar, which made a lot of uh, a lot of news since it was really based on well, the brand is a is a mountain bike brand, and so this is their their first foray into uh, drop bar bikes, and so got a lot of attention. And we spent the week riding some of the single track and the McDowell trails out there with media. So Jason jumps in and gives us some insight into the bike design, kind of. Uh, who it's who it's really made for and kind of their vision of what a gravel bike should be so thanks for listening all right uh, i'm aj turner with the inside envy podcast and uh today we have a, a special guest um, Jason with Evil Bicycles um, and Evil uh, Bikes, Evil Bikes, <laughs> and uh, Neil, of course. Um, I don't, Jason. Do you want to give a give us a little bit about yourself, or maybe your riding background or history in the industry? Yeah. Uh, so my name's Jason Moshler. I started riding bikes at the age of fourteen, and uh, quickly fell in love with the sport. Uh, had a job with our local bike shop in Nevada City, California, Tour Nevada City Bike Shop, starting at age 14. That led into bike racing. I started mountain bike racing uh, at a pretty advanced level. Uh, by age 16, I had joined Team Devo. And, uh, you know, that was, Neil and I were doing a lot of racing together back then. And uh, so was junior national champion uh, in 96 world championship competitor uh three years in a row awesome top finish was 11th uh one place ahead of rider has jaw one year <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> i was got to throw that in there yeah <laughs> who was that who yeah <laughs> yeah right uh, and so from the bike shop i worked there 11 years and then i moved on uh, to work for wtb um, i was an outside technical representative uh, for a big 10 months and then uh, moved into managing global OEM sales uh, and that slotted me into also uh, managing uh, the product development and product direction for WTV and so I did that for 10 years and the whole time at the bike shop and at WTV I raced competitively at the professional level mostly mountain bike and uh retired in 2015 i made a deal with my wife that if i could win the downeyville classic all mountain competition one more time that i'd quit and so i finally won it in 2015 the competition is very stiff there and so at the end of 2015 i i kept my word and hung up my racing shoes <laughs> and uh so June of 2017 is when I started with Evil. Uh, the owner of Evil, Kevin Walsh, uh, was on my heels for at least two years uh, to come work for him. And so 
eventually the timing was right and and it was very attractive to come up and work with the evil team because they were moving up to Bellingham and uh, Bellingham, Washington is a destination for mountain biking and I'm a mountain biker through and through. So I wanted to go up there. So made the move. Awesome. So we're, uh, we're at gravel camp in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and probably a place that you would not have expected to be at like two years ago, (laughs) maybe two and a half years ago. I, I don't know how, how long, how far back the project goes, but, um, you're here with the chamois Hagar, the new gravel bike from evil, which no one really saw coming. Um, so like where, where did this gravel bike idea come from for such, from such like a core mountain brand? Well, uh, when I started working evil, the chamois Hagar was already designed. The geometry was done. Um, and, uh, Dave Weagle had presented it and, and you know, said, this is an awesome gravel bike. We need to do this. But there was a lot of fear from Evil because Evil is a mountain bike, a core mountain bike brand to its bones. And so it took a number of conversations, a lot of maybe coercion uh, and some definite arm twisting to move the gravel bike into a slot that you know was going to be in front of some of the mountain bike projects and there was definitely some fear from the inside of evil but once the decision was made uh kevin was very confident in the decision uh, despite some some staff actually really questioning his decision making uh but he stayed the course he was confident he was confident in the design the geometry from dave weagle and then he was confident in our industrial design team to make something look really, really good. So the other thing to consider is, is you know, when you're a very high-end mountain bike maker, the market is narrow. You know, it's you're, you don't have much space to expand. And so this gravel bike, it reaches way, way outside of where evil lives, all the way into the road market and... It, it, you know, it scoops up this huge, it just casts our net so far. And so it's a product that can help evil stay healthy in the long term as well. Um, but of course, in typical evil style, we do things our way. And uh, this bike is very different. When you say different, like, it, so we have nine journal cycling journalists here. And I think all of them are pretty traditional, like from, from road backgrounds. Some have, you know, gravel experience, but this bike definitely kind of was a whole new rethink on gravel and maybe mountain gravel. <laughs> you know, what, what exactly, maybe take us through like some of the design elements and how this is different than anything else on the market. Yeah, sure. Evil's design philosophy is for mountain bikes to start with the most fun bike, the downhill bike, and then take every trait we can from that bike and put it into the bikes that pedal. And so that, that fun DNA is what carries through our mountain bike line. And uh, we did the same thing with the gravel bike. Uh, we, we came from a mountain biker's perspective 
to design the gravel bike instead of building up from a road bike. And in doing so, we were able to give the rider um, a road and gravel bike pedaling position, but we were able to sprinkle in the descending benefits of a mountain bike to, to really just add performance and safety to when things get a little bit more sketchy. Um, and so when you look at the chamois Hagar from the side, it looks very radical. It looks like a mountain bike with drop bars. And that is a, a fair assessment of it. It's, it's essentially identical to our following MB, 120 millimeter travel mountain bike geometry um, with, with some minor tweaks. Uh, and so when you look at the side profile of the bike, it's got a really sloped top tube and the front end sticks out really far. And um, the wheelbase is roughly 100 millimeters longer than any gravel bike out there. Uh, most of that length comes from the front end. Um, it's got a 66 degree, 66.6 degree head angle. That's an important <laughs> detail. <laughs> from Evil Bikes. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then a very custom fork. Uh, very custom crowned axle, very custom offset to make sure that this thing steers good. And that that was designed by Dave Weagle. And if there's anyone that knows how to make a bike steer properly, it's that man. And so you end up with a bike that uh, that has the, uh, we're at the forwardmost position of UCI regulated saddle position for road bike. So your saddle's in where it should be for pedaling. Um, you've got the cockpit position of a road bike, um, but you've got a front wheel that sticks way out there, way more wheelbase. Um, and to get the rider in the right position for pedaling, we went to a way shorter stem. So our stock stem length is 45 millimeters versus what you see on road bikes that are, you know, 120, 130 millimeters. Gravel bikes, you know, they got down to like 70 millimeters, but in our opinion, it's still too too far out there. So it actually has uh, uh, an NVM6 mountain stem on the bike spec. Yep, exactly. The customer has the option between the 40 and the 55 millimeter, um, but we've only sold 40 so far. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. So the other the other special trait to the bike is that that sloping top tube lets you get your seat way down. We only sell the bike with dropper seat posts. Uh, actually, it's a 30.9 diameter dropper seat post, too. It's not 27.2. We chose 30.9 because the, the flex of the post uh, when you're sitting on the bike, um, it's the same with a 30.9 or a 27.2 uh, when you're looking at dropper posts. With rigid posts, it's not the same. Dropper posts, it is. That also opens up the world of dropper post options to the rider uh, when it's 30.9. You, you've got all the brands, all the lengths. And I have to say, I, at first, I like kind of saw the, the dropper post, and I, at least on that bike, I thought it was just kind of like, oh, they're just doing it because they, they can, essentially. But it, it was riding behind uh, probably you today, that I saw how important of a feature that is to the bike. Um, just the way that you kind of are seated on the bike. And everyone I saw riding today, it's like it puts you in a position where 
having the dropper down, you can all of a sudden put some English on the bike that just is is so critical to the way that bike handles. So it's like Neil, I think earlier was saying like people figured out how to ride that bike today, and it showed because the the descending speeds were significantly faster today. Yeah, I could the first two day the first two rides I could mostly keep up with the guys. Today was like yeah, noticeably faster where. Yeah. Everyone was riding away. I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, what's going on here? So the bike is, <clears throat> you, you have these features, the dropper post, the the geometry that make it exceptional handling, descending, lots of confidence. What about climbing or efficiency? So we look at the gravel segment and we, you know, you automatically think of Dirty Kansas or Rebecca's Private Idaho, like, where does the bike, where does this bike fit in for that? Is it just like a grinduro bike where it's going to excel on some of the descents or like where is it positioned? Evil small. So when we make a bike, we want to make a bike that does everything really good. And it might be hard to believe that this bike can do all of those races really good. But we've given the consumer a bike that has the pedaling position they want for, you know, a 200-mile race. Um, There is no difference that you're going to experience in pedaling efficiency, pedaling position on this bike versus any of the other bikes. Um, We've given the rider the added benefit of if they enter sketchy situations, uh, tough corners, steeper descents, uh, you know, more rock in the way. We've given them the stability of mountain bike geometry plus the dropper seat post. And the dropper seat post, it's only two-thirds of the equation. Um, I I think that a dropper seat post on most conventional gravel bikes today, I think it helps, but it doesn't solve the whole problem because the triangle is too tall, so the, the seat post isn't going down far enough. Um, so you can't get your center of gravity down low enough. But you've also got the traditional road and gravel fork offsets and trail measurements. And um, those are just begging to throw you forward um, and to, to make descents not confidence-inspiring. And so the Evil gives you that dropped top tube, that dropper seat post, the long front end, and the special fork offset. So you've got all these worlds colliding into this bike that um, just make it go downhill so much better. So the bike is very competitive weight-wise. You have your pedaling position, but it will out-descend any gravel bike on the market. And I actually think if you have road tires on the thing, I think you can out-descend any road bike because... Like the bike I'm riding here, it has a 150 dropper on it. That seat post goes all the way down to the seat collar. Do you know how arrow you can get with a 150 dropper? <laughs> and so then the other thing to consider with the Evil is because that seat goes down so far, one thing I've noticed with gravel riders is they use the top of the hoods a lot. And I'm from mountain bike. Neil, you've raced mountain bike a lot. I I believe the top of the hoods is not the ideal position to hold on while you're descending, especially when it's bumpy. So the evil, as you drop the saddle, all of a sudden 
the drops, the drop handlebar position becomes way more usable because you're not way up above the drops and reaching down and in this, you know, awkward crouched position where things are very sketchy. Your seat is down and you're down kind of back, like tucked into those drops. And all of a sudden, all the things you hated about the drops, like where it's hard to reach up and reach your brake levers, you know, if you have your hood set higher, uh, all that stuff is gone. You can reach the brakes really easy. The drop bar position is comfortable and you can maneuver the bike like you want to. You can actually, this bike lets you use the drop bars like I think they were supposed to be used. Let's talk tire size, wheel size. So, uh, you know, we always have the conversation, 650, 650B or 700C. And you, you know, Evil went with a 700C, but with a 50C tire, which is the biggest for, you know, a, a like a, a, a bike brand to go with that I've seen, you know. Um, why 700 C? Why not 650 B with that size tire? <clears throat> Evil is a very big fan of the 29 inch wheel for the mountain bike. Very big fan. Um, we believe that our 29ers are the best handling bikes on the market. They're the funnest, most fun handling, and uh, and give the most benefit to the rider. There, there is a true benefit in that big wheel. Now, the 650B wheel size, or 27 half, they're the same thing uh, for, for gravel. Um, that was actually invented um, by WTB, that, that first uh, Road Plus 650x47C tire. That was invented to take a road bike that had wider chain stays and turn it into a bike that could be used on gravel. And... It was a cool thing because um, you could kind of make your road bike into a bike that would handle off-road better. The height of that 650 by 47 C tire is equal to a 700 by 30 tire. So there's no clearance issues on the the seat tube or the chainstay yoke. Um, You really were just watching the insides of the chainstay yokes, or each side, sorry. So... As Evil was looking at this, um, what we decided was that we wanted the 700C wheel and, and the big tire, and that was what we were we were gonna we were gonna chase. Um, we didn't see any benefits to the rider to being able to go to like a why go to a 650 by 2.0 when you can go to a 700 by 2.0, which is a 700 by 50. So that's that's Dave Weagle's opinion. That's Kevin Walsh's opinion, and that's that's evil corporate's opinion as a whole. That the 700C is more beneficial to the rider. Has that um, tire spec brought up conversations about tire pressure around not just evil, but maybe some of your customers? Just because it it is such a unique you know spec on a bike. Mm-hmm. The tire pressure thing is, um, I, I what we see is that people always start too high. Sure. And then they go down and they go down and they go down. And so our general rule of thumb is that once you feel the front end wandering on an off camber, 
then that front tire pressure is too low. You know, you need to, you need to keep it above that point. And um, the rear actually handles the same thing. Once you hit an off camber, the, like even on the pavement, you'll feel the bike start to wander. That's too low. You need to have it just above where it doesn't wander. And we really think that like on these bikes, the low pressure really is nice. And um, so, you know, it kind of adds towards, you know, you were talking earlier about there's all these aspects to confidence when you're riding. It's not just the dropper. It's not just the geometry. It's not just the tires or or any kind of position. It's kind of all the things combined and and tire pressure is kind of a significant part of that pie as well. Absolutely. Because we are dealing with a bike with no suspension. Um, And so that low tire pressure is your suspension, essentially, you know, it's, it's the, it's the vast majority of the ride quality. And so that 700 by 50 tire at a a pressure of, you know, 26 to 30 PSI, and that gives you a smooth ride. And then when you're on rough stuff, it also makes it faster. It's taking, again, from the mountain bike playbook where there was a point where um, cross-country mountain bike racers realized that a little bit bigger tire with some lower pressure was actually faster. It was actually faster going uphill because the tire was in contact more with the ground, so you were getting more efficiency out of every pedal stroke, and the ride was smoother, so it was less fatiguing. So that's exactly what this tire does. And then, again, as soon as you start pointing it downhill, holy cow, it, it's a game changer. It's faster, it's confidence-inspiring, and it's safer. It's, it's just, it makes it easier to handle your bike. And I'm then, certainly pretty jealous of you guys with that. <laughs> I think Neil and I both run 40-millimeter-wide tires, and I, I felt like I was right on the edge of kind of what I was capable of today sure. without a dropper and that narrow of a tire and you guys just kind of effortlessly pulled away yeah it was it was was cool to see for sure yeah definitely well and 40c is like considered pretty big right now 42 would be like really big yeah Mm -hmm. 50 just blew that out of the water Yeah. yeah yeah and of course our bike can be used with a 40c i've actually um for the past the the whole month of december i've run 40c tires on my bike um, it's been incredibly wet in Bellingham. Some of the, some of the days I'm, I'm riding through snow at the top of the hill. And so I've chose to go with the narrower tire, but whenever, whenever I can, I'm always back to that 50 because I don't believe it's slower. And I do believe that it's more efficient and it's more comfortable. We saw it with Ben from Bello News yesterday, like, uh, Neil and, and Burke, they laid down the hammer on us and, Ben <laughs> was on Ben was on a Shammy Hagar and with the 700 by 50 C tires and the dude kept up yeah. and you know that that to me was like proof and not only that but like I feel like he had it easier because that tire just does so much for you so and then that particular tire on the bike that that WTB Venture tread pattern I don't know what they did but it's like Velcro it just does not let go. It's incredible. And even our staff at Evil, who, you know, lives and breathes by Maxxis Minion 2.3 and 2.5 3C tires, they ride this this 750 by, you know, 750 Venture tire, and they're just like, that thing is incredible. <laughs> so, yeah. Can we actually <clears throat> just talk a little bit about maybe the, 
the way you've spec'd out your bike, um, and you have uh, NVG 23 wheels on your bike as well. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just tell us about maybe your experience with those wheels interacting with that bike, or maybe the the way you've ridden them or set them up or kind of put them? I mean, I mean you said you have a ton of miles on this bike and these wheels, so I just want to hear maybe a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so uh, I, I gosh, I think after gravel camp, I'm probably up to like 1,900 miles on this thing now, awesome. and um, so yeah, the I was I was telling Neil I think yesterday that um, you know I've got some pretty rough gravel road descents up in Bellingham, and um, I ride a minimum of five days a week, 24 miles, 3,200 feet of climbing. That's the minimum because because I'm commuting in and out over Galbraith every day, and um, so there has been at least 150 times where. I have hit like front and rear rim going, you know, too fast because you can on this bike and just going like, oh man, I definitely broke those things. And um, the rims are fine and it's just beyond my comprehension because, you know, I started riding carbon mountain bike rims, you know, at the start and, um, you know, broken rims were they were a common thing, you know? And so a lot of us were like, man, maybe we should go back to aluminum, but the carbon just felt so good, you know? And so we, we always kept leaning back to carbon. So the fact that I'm running, you know, to me as a mountain biker, these tires are pinner on these gravel bikes still like the, the 700 by 50 is a pinner tire to a mountain biker. But the fact that I can slap rocks super hard with no suspension on the bike so it's just like going straight to the rim and (laughs) that the rim isn't breaking is just unbelievable to me and so you know the design is the rim has something really special going on with the design to be able to handle that and then and then there's just the common knowledge. There's common knowledge within the industry. This is just known that when you put a pair of MBs on, your bike feels better. And it does. Because I've ridden this bike with, you know, I've ridden it with a, quite a few different wheel sets. And the MBs just have that, that magic to them. They just, it rolls better. It just feels lighter. Yeah. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think for, for a long time, you know, it took it's taken a long time to get to the point with gravel bikes where like the rider, the rider ability always exceeded the gravel bikes limit. So you could bomb a Rocky descent. Technically you could totally do it. Right. Mm -hmm. But you would get to the bottom with flat tires. Yeah. And you'd be like, Oh man, totally had that dialed. Like, you know, it nailed it, but well, you have flat tires now. Mm -hmm. So it's really it's really cool to get to the point like with advancements and like the wide hookless speed and tire technology and all these things that combine to make it so that you can bomb that rocky descent and get to the bottom and be like, that was so cool. Yep. Not worry about flatting, not worry about breaking rims. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think out of how many riders that we have the past two days and how many miles and one flat and one I think flat. that flat was like a, just a, a sidewalk weird, cut. Yeah, it was a weird sidewalk cut. It's, yeah. it's yeah, pretty we've, incredible. We've had 20, like at least 20 riders out here each day, three days of riding. And yeah. that's unbelievable for like the terrain we've been riding. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
Yeah, it's like I think it was Marshall at the end of today's ride was like, "What are we doing? I, this is it's not quite mountain biking. It's like yeah. a little bit more than ro- like it's this is just pure fun, you mm-hmm. know." And I think mm-hmm. the bike and all the equipment really adds to that, where you can kind of effortlessly and kind of just do these things that are you know wouldn't have otherwise been possible. Yeah, the terrain here is it's a really good spot for the evil gravel bike to shine because. It's not just wide open pedaling roads. You know, you you had the you had the single track sprinkled in there, and um, climbing single track, descending single track, tight corners, off camber corners, like uh, the whole the whole gamut. And so that was a really good way to show this bike and you know show everyone yeah. what it can do. Yeah. So for for anyone listening that's never ridden like in Scottsdale area, where we're in a lot of different areas, but like the McDowell ranch where like, if you go way, way back in the day, like cactus cut mountain bike stuff was, was held out here. Um, and it's just really flowy single track that would be probably outright boring on anything more than like a hardtail mountain bike. So for a gravel bike, especially one with like 50 C tires, like it's really the perfect test grounds. Cause uh, you can't even lose focus for a second or else you're going off. Yeah, it's know, like bl- more blowing a corner. Yeah. yeah. It's you like get mentally exhausting. You, you get know? fatigued, not yeah. physically, but yeah. mentally. But definitely. Like you said, Jason, really an awesome place to to test something like the like the evil. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my you know, after the ride today, you know, we finished on a descent today. And to me, like with the seat down in the drops, it just feels like a video game. And I, I forgot to be courteous to the riders behind me. You know, like I feel, I feel bad that, you know, I led someone into a corner and, you know, at the wrong speed, like <laughs> his bike wasn't ready for that. And, you know, yeah, that rider was it's me, my fault that he crashed. <laughs> <laughs> there was another one too. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. It was, it was Yuri. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He went down right in front of me. I'm still waiting for a sorry. <laughs> sorry. Neil. So, uh, just, I want to go back to, you said, you know, kind of initially there was some, um, hesitancy within evil about, about this bike. Were you one of those people that was maybe a little hesitant at first, or did you kind of, you know, see the light right away? You know, what, how did that, um, you know, what, what did it take to kind of switch the minds of some of those people at evil? I was one of the squeaky wheels from the beginning asking that we should do it. And um, I was coming from the viewpoint of, you know, it would be great for Evil to expand its brand awareness and expand our market share. Um, but also, I knew the, you know, after looking at the geometry of this bike, I just knew it was a good bike. I knew it was going to really be like a, a just a game changer uh, in the gravel market, you know, because it's just so radically different. And, um, so that part of it was exciting to me. Like if we executed it right, I knew that it would basically have the media doing what is happening, you know, where they're just like, they're just taken aback. They can't believe it's a, it's a truly category changing product. So, um, and as I mentioned, you know, there was, there was a lot of hard conversations. There was a lot of, uh, worry that it was a a waste of money to do it um but 
you know, sometimes you just have to, you just have to trust that, you know, you're making the right decisions. Yeah. And now that we're here, we made the right decision. Yeah. You don't always make the right decision, but given the people that designed this bike, it, it, it felt comfortable. I felt confident. At, um, <clears throat> I know at Envy, the, the prototyping phase for us is, um, it's pretty cumbersome. We kind of go through some, some in-house, uh, testing and some out real world out in the field testing. And, um, both aspects are really important to us. So what did that prototyping process look like for you guys? Was it, um, you had the geometry nailed right away or, you know, did the bike evolve a little bit? Um, the geometry was actually nailed right away. Cool. So, um, and it was a little bit of cheating because we already had a mountain bike with most of this geometry. So we just hadn't ridden it as a rigid bike before. So that part of it was the, was the easy part. But as you guys know, um, the carbon layup and passing machine testing and then passing ride testing, that can be, that can be difficult. And it's a lot of work. Yeah. And this, this gravel bike is unique because, um, it actually passes ISO, uh, testing for mountain bike, which is more strenuous than road bike. Certainly. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, it definitely, um, you know, it, it had, it had some issues, um, in the early sample phases. Um, and that, but that's just typical with carbon mountain bikes where, you're learning, you know, you just have to adjust the layups, um, to, to work yeah. and uh, making things is hard and especially yeah. making things out of carbon fiber. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I really hope that a lot of people wonder why it's so expensive, like why the product is so expensive. But when you really look at before evil collects dollar one for one of these bikes, you know, the, the, the process started two and a half years ago and then, uh, you know, the, the amount of money that goes out for tooling, for paying the industrial designers for designing it, um, the freight for shipping samples and, you know, all over the place um, and, you know, all of the bike builds that have to happen, all of the failures that happen and the rebuilding and the redesigning. Uh, it's, there's so much money because these things are, they're, they're really highly technical pieces of equipment. And so... Um, that's where the cost comes from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, like we see, we see like what Lauf has done with their fork and Niner has done more recently with their, their full suspension gravel bike um, and coming from a mountain bike, you know, DNA, like, no, why didn't you guys go to go suspension? Is that something that you just wanted to get the bike to market or do you just think that they're, isn't really a need for for suspension and gravel well first off uh the axle to crown height on this bike is very unique and so there aren't suspension forks that accommodate it and um so that's one aspect um of course we could have designed the bike to work with a suspension fork but at that point you're basically on a mountain bike with drop bars um and we don't really think that that is gravel. We, we still think that gravel needs like the, you know, the more gravel geometry um, and gravel handling uh, and, and like the, the drop bar in particular. Um, 
you know as well as I, Neil, when you're in the saddle for 100 miles, a flat bar is not the thing you want. It's just you need you need the, the multiple positions, the multiple hand positions. And um, so then there's the, the aspect of, you know, how much benefit does suspension really add? Um, and, you know, that's honestly, that depends on what kind of riding you're doing and what, what race you're doing. And um, where we kind of challenged the whole suspension question was with tire size. The bigger you make your tire on this bike, the less you really need suspension. And so um, we didn't want to make a mountain bike. We wanted to make a gravel bike. And we wanted to make a fast gravel bike. Pedal, 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 a bull. (laughs) (laughs) Say that fast 10 times. We wanted to make a fast bike, a light bike. And had we added suspension to this thing, it would have been a mountain bike. And that's not what we were making. We, we wanted to make a gravel bike. And, you know, uh, the competitors in this, in this category, you know, I, I believe a lot of gravel bikes are trying to be crest, cyclocross bikes, they're trying to be road bikes, and they're trying to be gravel bikes. We made a gravel bike, and that's through and through. Um, one thing I'm a little bit curious about is, uh, just the name of the bike. It's, I, I think it's pretty hilarious. Are you guys just, uh, not David Lee Roth fans or, or what's the, <laughs> what's the story there? Well, uh, <clears throat> evil did have a city cruiser, uh, named, uh, the Shammy Davis jr. Mm. Uh, that was evil's first pavement bike. It was a steel, you know, steel hardtail, fully rigid, uh, city bike. And, uh, you know, this gravel bike to a lot of people um, might have been a little bit of a joke. It might have been a little bit of a joke that Evil was even working on a gravel bike, uh, especially to the core Evil mountain bike consumer. Um, And so, you know, we wanted to keep this thing uniquely evil. And so giving it a typical name like following or reckoning or offering, it just it kind of that but this bike isn't that to us you know it, this is like a you know a really outside of the box fun experiment now that being said i was of the opinion that it needed like a very serious evil name and kevin is like no this is this is like this is a crazy project it needs a crazy name and so you know we we let it slide we let the name go <laughs> and you know this name is very kevin walsh like through and through and uh I will never question him on, you know, branding and marketing and, uh, you know, just, just overall brand direction because he's a, he's a freaking genius. So the first piece of feedback we got uh, when the press release for this bike went out uh, was uh, James at Cycling Tips. He wrote in and like almost immediately and he just wrote in one line best bike name ever <laughs> so i you like nailed it <laughs> i immediately i forwarded it to kevin and i'm like i i will always admit when i'm wrong and i was wrong on this one good job so yeah i'd say you guys nailed it, it is it is pretty funny and yeah. you know i think it still hits with kind of your crowd too you yeah know, it's just it checks the boxes for sure i think so <laughs> sweet well um that just about wraps it up so yeah. uh yeah thanks thank, jason thank yeah. you very much we appreciate it um yeah we've got some more uh, tacos and to eat and beer to drink uh <laughs> for the rest of gravel camp 
Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, once again, this is the Inside Envy podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you.